0: ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices well you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome to the jill on money podcast it is friday september 25th and as promised yesterday you are listening. We ran a segment that I did this week on CBS This Morning. Today, we're focusing on your housing questions. If you have something that is gurgling up, maybe it's about renting versus buying, maybe it's about your mortgage, maybe it's about anything that is real estate related or anything else. I know this is on a lot of people's minds. Send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Sean writes, I love your show and I'm a long time listener, first time emailer. And I have a question Should I pay off my 5% rental property mortgage? Okay, so here's a deal it's $200,000 balance on a rental property at 5%. The rental property cash flows positive. That's great. Sean's annual income $180,000, two kids, partners at home, and get this four rental properties, three are paid off. Primary residents. $500,000 $500,000 house with a $360,000 mortgage. The mortgage is at 2.64%. Max out Roth IRA, max out 401k. Wow, good. My investment account, $60,000, $22,000 of cash. It's low, but I have focused on expanding the rental portfolio. I'm 32. My wife's 31. Love to hear your thoughts on what I should do next. And if I'm missing any key components, you and Mark make my day. You guys rock. Stay safe during this crazy time, Sean. Okay. You know, I got to tell you something. I am not sure whether you should pay off this 5% note. I mean, you're cash flowing positive. You you actually can write off the interest because you've got rental property, you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me at least. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily pay it off, you know, 5%, you're not going to get so much better because rental property has higher interest rates. I would like you to, instead of paying that off, to beef up the cash that's um, in your cash account just a little bit, please. And, And obviously I would really be careful not to necessarily refinance because, A lot of people really are focusing on these low rates that you see that stream across every single screen that you have. Those are not the same rates for rental property. You know that. Okay. This is from Lorraine who says, love, love, love the show. My parents never set much of an example for managing money well. Lorraine says, your advice and explanation of your thought process to help individuals solve their specific financial dilemmas has been enlightening. Oh, Mark, I've been enlightening. How nice is that? Here is Lorraine's question. How do I decide when to buy a home? I am joining households with my fiance in the coming year, COVID timeline dependent. While I had envisioned renting for the indefinite future, I have it in my head that we should be balancing out our market investments with an investment in property. Of course, we'll need to hang on to cash, safety net as well. Low interest rates are making this year in the near term particularly attractive for buying. All right. So here are some of the stats. We're both in our late 20s. We've got $300,000 between us, mix of traditional and Roth 401k. We've got $70,000 in cash, another $40,000 in a non-retirement account. Jointly, we earn about $200,000 a year. No debt at the moment. We will be buying a new used car in the next six months with a loan. My goal for a monthly payment on a property is for the interest and the mortgage payment, the maintenance and the homeowners, and taxes to come in at under the price we would have been paying in rent. 2000 bucks a month. That's interesting. I mean, you don't have to do that. You know, one of the interesting rules of thumb about buying would be that you would want to keep housing costs down to about, let's say, less than uh, 30% of your gross pay. So there's another rule of thumb you could have. But I get where you're going. Lorraine says, I, I view the principal portion of the mortgage payment as a monthly investment, kind of like my 401k contribution. I have a hope that we could potentially use the property as rental in the future, could turn around and sell it in five to 10 years. We're very settled in the city. We're in lots of family around. Am I missing something? I don't want to buy a house just because homeownership is the quote, next thing for a newlywed couple, but I am beginning to think that it's financially the smarter decision than renting. Thanks again for the pods. The doggo photo of Honey for your viewing pleasure. Let me look at what, oh my God, Honey's beautiful. Beautiful dog. We'll put that right up. Yeah, nice golden. There's nothing like a beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh all right. So if you can find a house in your area for this money for the same as it as your rent, then yeah, that's fine. There, you're not missing anything. I just don't want you to rush into buying a home unless the numbers really work for you. And I'm presuming that you probably could go even a little bit higher in terms of your monthly cost because I'm imagining that with the mortgage interest deduction, you'll kind of come in just fine. I think the plan sounds good. I love the idea that you are kind of taking your time. And, you know, in many markets, the the cost of a home is actually starting to get pretty overvalued. Um, you know, we interviewed Teresa Ghilarducci, one of my favorite economists. I read something she wrote recently. There's a rule of thumb that suggests that if a home costs more than 20 times the annual rent that the home could fetch, the house is overvalued. So in other words, if you get, buy a $400,000 home, it should rent for about, let's say, sixteen dollars or $1,700 bucks a month. If your $400,000 home that you're paying for would only rent for, say, $1,000 a month, that's a home that is classically called overvalued. So, Lorraine, run the numbers, do your homework, make sure this works. Sounds like you've done your homework, and I think it's a good plan, okay? Here's a note from Jeffrey. I came across your site through YouTube after I typed in a query about COVID-resistant index funds specifically for Fidelity. Well that's interesting. Mark, you're a genius to have this on YouTube. Isn't that amazing? Okay, here's more from Jeffrey. My wife and I are saving for a down payment on a house. We plan to put away about eight to ten thousand dollars a year over the next several years. Uh, We currently have a good amount in a money market. However, the account has only yielded pennies, not even a dollar over the past several several months. We want to put our savings somewhere we could build up that down payment. Was thinking of a low-risk bond fund would have to be with Fidelity. Not sure where to start or even if that's a good idea. Could you suggest some options about where to put our money for the next few years, where it will be fairly safe, but also yield at least a little interest or income. Mark, how are you feeling about a a short-term bond fund? I don't know. I mean, you could. I don't think you're going to get that much more, frankly. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know if you can buy it through Fidelity, but maybe check out depositaccounts.com and you could do a longer term CD that has a low breakup value, like anywhere from like a three, four, five year CD, or even just look at a two or three year CD and see, build a little CD ladder. You'll get a little bit more interest and you'd have to do it through the bank, right? But, you know, uh, I would check that out. Go to depositaccounts.com. That's where you'll find it. As Mark reminds me, I want everyone to hear that if you're going to need money in the next one, two, three years, you can't take risk with it. And I know a short-term bond fund would not be a lot of risk, but an intermediate-term bond fund could be a lot of risk. If you need the money in a couple of years. So, you know, there's a big difference between the money you invest for your next 10, 20, 30, 40 years versus what you're going to need in the near term. Just don't want you to take a lot of risk with that, especially if you think you might be buying a house sooner rather than later. So keep it nice and simple. A boring C deal do you well. Maybe a, a higher yielding money markets. You know, I don't know if Fidelity has other stuff, but you should check it out with them. Again, low risk. Dalton writes, I've taken over my 87-year-old grandmother's finances. Oh, what a nice person you are, Dalton. We're looking to sell her house and relocate her from Texas to Virginia. We'll also need to make her a Virginia resident for healthcare. If we move her before the sale of the house, will she have to pay capital gains in Texas or Virginia? There may be zero capital gains, depending on what the sale prices compared to her cost basis. Remember, she can exclude $250,000 of gains from taxation. So, if she, even if she bought the house for $50,000 and you're selling it for $300,000, there would be no tax due. Okay. So, first, let's find out how much tax is due. The second part is that I think that she would have to pay tax in the state where um, she resides. And maybe if In terms of the year and when it happens, I'm not sure about whether the Texas or the Virginia will will be the, the determining factor. It may be that if you did it this year, she spent more time in Texas than Virginia, in which case it would be subject to Texas state income tax law. But that's a real question for a tax preparer or a CPA. So that's what I would do with that one. Okay. Here's a refinancing question. Um, First mortgage balance, $170,000, 30-year loan at 3.875%. 18 more years to go, house is worth 1.1 million. The second mortgage is 45 grand, and it's a variable rate, uh, averaged about 4% in 2019, also 18 years to go. I have been offered a 2.5% 30-year fixed loan with a total closing cost of $6,500 for a cash-out refinance loan in the amount of two seventy-five. dollars Loan would be paid off with the new loan. I plan to stay in this house until I die. I'm 68. Wow. I have investments with Schwab worth $1.6 million. I could pay off the loan, but I would like to take advantage of the low interest rates. Everyone in my family thinks it's risky to take a big loan out at my age my mutual fund investment return has been 12% over the past 20 years. That's pretty damn good. Eh, I don't think I'd do it. I'll tell you what I would do. I mean, look at your whole portfolio. Are you really getting a fixed investment return of four or 3.875%? I'd usually actually look at your portfolio and I'd say, I would pay these off. I really would. Well, who cares about low interest rates? Do you have enough money to do everything you want to do? I say, I know this sounds crazy, but this is a payoff. Mark, are you agreeing with the pay this sucker off? Yeah. I mean, just not really big balances at this point. And I wonder what the real, why, why you don't need, you have money. It sounds like you're fine or just keep paying as is. Hey, That concludes our special real estate question of the day. Uh, If you've got a financial question, it could be about real estate. It could be about investing or taxes or estate planning. Anything that is on your mind, please do send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Then hop onto the website, JillOnMoney.com. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It comes out every Friday today, as a matter of fact. As always, do not forget to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, put your hands metaphorically on someone else's back. It will make you feel good. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Tellercio is our executive producer and the best guy in the world. We're distributed by Cadence 13. We'll talk to you tomorrow.